This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie and I'm Tommy and you're listening to series six, episode 10, Karma. And let's start it off with a couple announcements. Uh, so this is the finale episode for series six, Woo! which means we have post game chatter for you. So stick around at the end of the episode to hear us uh, answer all of the questions that you guys sent in and also hear our thoughts about the system as a whole. With this being the finale, it also means we will not be having words with the GM. We are just doing some quick announcements and then jumping right into the episode because we want to have as much time for post-game chatter after the episode's over. And to that end, the other announcement we have is that we will be off next week. There will be uh, no content released next week. Uh, sorry for those of you who are looking forward to a blooper reel of Series 6. Turns out everything funny that we did made it in the episode. Uh, so there wasn't really a blooper reel this time around. So we will not be releasing anything next week. And Episode 1 of Series 7 will drop January 9th. Which gives you guys a little bit of extra time to make sure you catch up before we jump into a new series. Because that's I know what you're going to be doing. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Series 7 is going to be Addy running the system 7th Sea, a very popular kind of pulpy, uh, seafaring, swashbuckling adventure uh, type game. I will be playing in it. Uh, Sean Four, uh, who played Twitch, will be returning to play in uh, Series 7. Uh, Seth Lilly, who has played in previous series, will be returning. And we have a new player, Nick Gajeri, who is going to be debuting in Series 7. Uh, 7C is a really, really cool system, guys. I highly recommend checking it out on January 9th when it releases. Uh, and the final announcement is in relation to Series 7, in the interceding week, we are hoping to release a character art to get you guys psyched up. So check out our Facebook page and our website uh, for those updates in the coming week. We'll, of course, tweet it out and let you guys know. But just in case you want to, like, double check, head over to slash Essential NPCs on Facebook. Yeah, we may not be releasing any content during the next week, but that does not mean our social media will be silent. So make sure to keep an eye on that for cool uh, releases of character art and stuff. And I believe that gets uh, that gets all the announcements out of the way. We have a finale to get through. It kind of ended on a cliffhanger last episode. So let's jump right in and listen to Series 6, Episode 10, Karma. Enjoy! Last time on Atomic Highway, our heroes started heading towards Karma after discovering that the Lake Pleasant Enclave was abandoned and when they looked in the rearview mirrors they were set upon by some enclave vehicles that are chasing them i'd like to spend two fortune to have a, a minor plot twist which is that 
previously, uh, I had sent a message to Kama in Twitch's name telling them to get ready for our approach. I would like to have, at that time, have also sent messages to the coast and the archive enclaves, telling them to come to Kama for the con constitutional summit at the time that we will be arriving there now, so that they should already be there. All right. Those messages were sent in the past. All right, so how far away from karma are we with these people coming up on us? Also, like, how many vehicles are following us? And what kind? And are they friendly? <laughs> you just see karma on the horizon, so you're still a couple miles out. And behind you have pulled up an SUV and two pickup trucks. Do they look friendly? Are they shooting? They do not appear to be very friendly. Uh, Damien. If you look closely, one of the people on the vehicles, it's that person in your math class that copied off of you. That bastard. First he wants to copy my math, and now he wants to take my life. <laughs> well, that, he can't have it. And he can't have my math it. answers either. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're closing in on us, right? Yes. What do you do? Okay, so I'm going to spend two fortune... <laughs> To do a, do a bit of a plot tweak here. So, like, sure. we're, we've been driving for, like, three days from, from uh, Lake Pleasant. You know, we have plenty of time on the road. And uh, after we sent those messages and I thought, like, you know, we might have some, some fighting on our hands, I decided, like, I had this real neat idea. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, yell out right now, uh, Battle Stations! <laughs> All as, right. As we have previously, as a team, coordinated for such an event. Uh, and I'm going to uh, reveal, pull, pull off the furs that are covering the two bicycles in the back of the beast, standing free on these two little rails. <laughs> and uh, and I assume Zoe and Twitch are going to get on top of them bicycles. That's right. I mount one of those bicycles. Okay. I, I put all of my melee weapons in the daisy basket in the front and uh, then climb on the other. I pull down... Uh, Hellion's uh, motorcycle helmet, which is hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> uh, and and plop it right down over my face. Okay, and then and then Damien, you up in the in the uh, bus ballista? That's right. I don my bone armor and put on the obfuscating visor, and I climb into the newly armored bus ballista. Okay, and then I go ahead and pull this big old lever I got in front of me <laughs> that that opens up the back of the beast. And I deploy what I like to call the Beast's Bicycle Attack Limited Liability System, or BALLS for short. <laughs> Dropping the balls. <laughs> A hatch opens up, and Zodra and Twitch go flying out. They are now being pulled behind the Beast, tethered by some chains, and now they can engage with these vehicles behind us while Damien up top shoots across with some buzzsaws. Best two fortune I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you do that. All right, go get them. Just to clarify, there were two SUVs in a van. Two pickup trucks and an SUV. Oh, okay. On the SUV, uh, you see a mounted uh, ballista, a smaller version of your saw blade one. Uh, and the pickup trucks you see have two what look like folding ladders in the bed, along with a couple of couple of raiders i'm gonna make sure that these guys can catch up with us like now that i've deployed the balls i'm gonna go ahead and like pump the brakes just a little bit so i can get twitch and zoe within like melee range of these two vehicles on their respective chained bicycles <laughs> <laughs> 
So there's two bicycles being pulled by a bus, a giant armor bus, and some raider trucks catching up to them. So they, they split off, and the, the uh, one truck goes to the left side of the beast, one truck goes to the right side. What do you do, Zodra? All right. Um, so there are how many people in the back of this truck? Three. Three? Okay. And uh, how many people in the front of this truck? Just the driver. Just the driver. Okay. I am going to uh, take my baseball bat with nails in the end. Um, and I am going to smash the passenger side window. Oh, are you on the left or the right? I thought I was on the left. Okay, I'll take the right. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, the truck doesn't have windows on the side. It's just open. All right. Encouraged, I put my baseball bat away, and um, I, I grab out my spear, <clears throat> one of two, and I throw it at the driver. Two hits, but I will spend two fortune to add extra successes to make it four. All right. You are able to hit. Uh, So the driver pulls up to the side. They're all laughing at you because you're on a bicycle being pulled by a bus. And you pull out your spear and you just throw it through the open window uh, and it hits the driver. And part of your spear is sticking out of the window. But the driver, uh, despite getting stuck by a thrown spear manages to keep the vehicle steady twitch there's one pulling up next to you as well oh sure uh hey is the window on this one open mm-hmm. how many people are on this one uh same as the other one uh, one driver three in the back four total okay uh and you said that some of these people were raiders yes and some of them were remnants yes wow teaming up with raiders just, <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, I'm going to uh, angle the handlebars on this bicycle here to uh, scoot up on uh, right next to the driver's side of this uh, open-windowed pickup truck as he uh, laughs at my uh, adorable tassels. <laughs> Give a nod to Zodra, pull a p- uh, pickaxe out of my belt, and uh, I, f- I swing it right inside the cab of that vehicle. Trying to puncture that driver. All right, that's two hits. I will also spend two fortune to make that four hits. All right, uh, he's he's laughing and uh, kind of toying with you, acting like he's getting ready to hit you. And then you pull out a pickaxe, and he's got his arm hanging out the window, and you pin his arm to the car door. He yells and pulls away from you, and. Uh, is trying to like move his arm off of the door, but it's it's pinned with the pickaxe. I, I smile, uh, although he can't see it, and I'm always smiling. <laughs> uh, but um, your helmet's smiling at him. Yeah, my helmet has a smiley face on it, and so I turn my helmet toward him, and I I ring my bell twice. Ching ching. <laughs> <laughs> Damien. Yes, um, my uh, would-be friend from math class is on the SUV. Yes. So I point the ballista at him, and I shout at him, How could you? You were my best friend in my dreams at night. <laughs> and I shoot the ballista at him. All right, go ahead and roll that. That's one hit. Uh, as you shout your curses uh, at this truck and fire the ballista... The saw blade launches out and curves towards the SUV, and it swerves under it and uh, comes out and starts catching up with the bus. Bumper, what you doing? 
So what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to spend all of my energies to make sure that the bus don't get hit and my two friends on bicycles don't get hit. What I like to call it evasive maneuvers. All right. Make a, uh, an appropriate drive check. And depending on your successes, it will count as an assist for everybody uh, for maneuvering purposes. That's going to be two successes. The truck starts speeding up towards uh, the bus. The two pickups go past you, and you see ladders start to come up. And one of the people on each of the trucks shoots at both of you, Zodra and Twitch. Both of you go ahead and roll a normal dodge test, as if you were in regular combat. But you gain one die and one additional skill point. Which, listeners, is the actual uh, assist rule? <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> Twitch, what'd you get? Three successes. You're fine. You managed to somehow guide this bike around, even though it's kind of rattling, and you managed to avoid the bolt. Sodra. Uh, that's five successes. They don't even come close to you. It goes way wide. Ha. All right, so they're, they're starting to prepare the ladders to get on the bus. The SUV is going to launch a bolt at the tires of the beast. Bring it! Hey, does my previous like evasive maneuvers assist me on this or not? Yeah, you're already. You can you can go ahead and put it in if you want. Okay, co. All right, that makes three successes on my part. All right, so you're you're maneuvering this bus, trying to get them, uh, trying to get the two dragon behind you. Uh, some extra protection, making them harder to hit. And you happen to see them start aiming the ballista out of your rearview mirror. Uh, it, it comes flying towards one of your back tires, and you manage to... You didn't even have to move that much. You just kind of gently swerved. Zodra, it does fly right over your head. I am unfazed as I'm completely focused on killing this guy with a spear. Again. <laughs> uh, Bumper, you also see they're starting to catch up and get these ladders ready. Well, I don't like that very much. Oh, no, that's where our garden is. <laughs> oh, don't you mess with my garden. <laughs> Who's up? Uh, it's going to be Zodra. And you said that this uh, here spear was uh, sticking out of the window so I could potentially well, grab it? Well, they've they've started moving up past you. Uh, they want to try to get onto the bus. Um, Can I go ahead of her and pull them into melee range again? Sure. All right, yeah. All right, uh, cool. I'll start cranking them in a little bit, shorten their chains, make it so they can get at these po- these folk. Okay. Uh, also, if you want to make a driving test to try to, like, Yeah, I want to speed a little bit out ahead, do both at the same time. I got one foot, two hands. Wait, two foot, two hands. That's that. Still got them. <laughs> Here I go. All right, that's two successes. Perfect. Uh, you'd slow down initially, and they, they kind of stabilized to to start boarding, but the beast has a real badass engine and is able to, you slam on the pedal and it just lurches forward and you start uh, pulling Zoe and Twitch in so they can start dealing with these trucks. All right, keep my distance. Okay, so I am in melee range of this uh, window spear? Yes. Okay, never one to waste anything. I am going to take this spear that I have already stabbed into him, draw it out of him, and then put it back in him. (laughs) That is three hits. 
All right, you go to Jab. He, he hits the brakes. Uh, the, the, the raiders in the back seem to lurch forward a little bit, and then he speeds back up and gets some distance from you as you're wielding the spear. So I miss, but I still have the spear in hand? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Twitch. Hey, uh, on my side, these guys with the ladder, uh, are they starting to climb up on the side of the beast? They're about to, yeah. Are they on the ladder? Yes, they're on the ladder. Thank you very much. All right, I would like to unsling my chain and start uh, looping it around my head, hooting and hollering, and I would like to swing it and try to entangle the ladder. Go for it. That's three successes. You get a solid wrap around this ladder as you throw your chains up and uh, grab it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Damien, it's your turn. Yes, my vision is focused with the white hot fury i on the uh man my form my former putative friend who is manning the ballista with the white hot fury aimed at him and i i say how can someone who doesn't even understand trigonometry have the goal to fire a ballista in a moving target (laughs) and i shoot my ballista at him two hits Spend a fortune to make it three hits. All right, the saw blade. Uh, it hits. It tears into the side and through the doors. And it's the SUV uh, got hit pretty hard. But uh, the driver doesn't even seem to flinch. He just keeps driving through as the saw blade almost almost tears him in half, uh, but misses him. Bumper, it's your go. Oh really? Okay, so so Twitch is kind of like real close to the one that's got the ladder, but I think if I recall, the other one kind of pulled away and is like coming back towards me, the one that Zoe's stabbing at. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, kind of like position myself, like kind of driving forward, maybe giving Twitch a little bit more like momentum for, for his yanking of that ladder. And then get Zoe a little more momentum for her stabbing of that dude. I'm going to try and assist their future attacks. All right. Go ahead and make that roll. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to spend one fortune to make that two successes. Go get them, guys! All right. uh, Your bikes start to shift and move as the bus is also shifting and moving. And you you feel it kind of sw- the bike kind of sway a little bit as it starts pulling you to the side. Zo, yes, he's got you back in range of the driver. Uh, I will take one final stab at this uh, person wh- before I change tack. Uh, that's three successes. You catch him right in his neck as you stab into the window. He's trying to hold onto the wheel and also this piece of metal sticking into his neck. The guys in the back start panicking. As you're pulling the spear out, he starts to slouch towards you. Make a defense test for me. Okay. Uh, also assisted as as this uh, truck starting to veer towards you. Okay. I would like to, you know how trucks have like that little footstep on the, on the bottom of the doors? Yeah. I would like to step up there and pick up my bike and just like walk over the truck. <laughs> And set your bike down. <laughs> and set my bike down. Or flip or something cool. That's fine. Okay. Free run over that thing. Is how I do. Uh, that is five successes. <laughs> I did not yet spend a fortune. Need I to? No. <laughs> not at all. So this this 
this truck starts coming towards you and slowing down, um, and it's cut, and it almost looks like it's about to cut you off from the bus. Then what do you do? Um, I uh, I slide m- both my feet onto one side and uh, plant my foot on the little like steppy thing underneath the door, uh, and use that as a launching point to just launch myself on top of the cab, run across, and then uh, flip my bike underneath me as we land a sick kickflip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that happens. And you land firmly back onto the bike. Their driver dies, and they're getting ready to be taken out of the fight. Two of them are going to shoot at you. Okay, this kickflip helps me immensely. <laughs> As I dodge them, um, I got four hits. Yeah, that missed a lot. <laughs> uh, that is four hits for the second one. Yeah, that also missed by a lot. You're still you're still maneuvering and showing off, and uh, these guys are still going off to the right side of the bus and slowing down, and you see them start to dismount and start rearranging everything. Twitch. All right. Well, now I'm going to just yank your chain a little bit. Uh, as this uh, truck behind me is, is veering to the right, I think I'd like to time it so that I pull these folks on this ladder off of this ladder right in front of that truck, maybe. Yeah, make a muscle melee attack. All right. That's going to be four successes. The ladder's ripped off of out of the bed of the truck, and the guy comes flying off. You hear the ladder beat against the side, and the dude disappears under the tires. He gets run over by the crashing truck? He ru- gets run over by the crashing truck. <laughs> Coordination! That's why I call teamwork! Ching, ching! <laughs> uh, Twitch, they didn't appreciate that. <laughs> One guy's shooting at you. It was art. How could they not? <laughs> Did you get a hit? Yes, I got right, two good. of them. <laughs> uh, Damien, uh, you just ripped a huge gash in the side of this SUV. Uh, yes, and I'm very proud of that. Now, I had I had two of those saw blades ready to go, but I certainly didn't have a third, so I think I'm going to need to reload the ballista. All right. While you do so, another ballista bolt is coming towards Damien now. Good thing I'm in this armored vehicle. You can make a nimble or muscle with athletics brawl or melee for like your And I dodge. have an extra die and an extra skill point. Yes, because he's making it hard for them to hit you. One hit. Yeah, he's fine. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I think he recognized you, Damien. <laughs> good. <laughs> Bumper. Alright, well, this has all been fun and good and all, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh, jerk it. First off, how, how close are we getting to karma? You're getting pretty close. Holding on to that hope, uh, and then I'm gonna uh, take uh, take this moment to. There's still uh, there's one truck on the right side uh, that no longer is boarding me because of Twitch's little Yankee pole, and uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and swerve to the right and uh, uh, get Twitch just gave me a gift of someone not uh, uh, climbing on my bus. I'm gonna give Twitch the gift of using those sweet ass spikes he helped me put on these tires. I'm gonna use them spikes. To pop their tires. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> See if I can sideswipe these guys. All right, yeah, you you will do muscle plus difference in speed times five to the other vehicle, and then it's only times two to you. 
Okay. Okay. So I got two successes. But I'm going to spend a fortune to make it three successes. As I sideswipe this little tiny cute truck that's next to the big old beast. You ram into this thing and you tear the shit out of its tires and the side of it. And send, uh, send two of the guys in the back flying off because you hit it so hard. And they tires popped, yeah? Oh, yeah. You didn't just tear up the tires. You've also, some of your wheels have gotten into, like, the wheel well in the side. <laughs> How much damage does the beast take in this exchange? Eight damage? Yep. I, oh, my, my armor protects me against that? Yeah. So I don't take any damage. Correct. All right, cool. That's my turn. All right, this truck is out of commission. It, uh, you blew its tires, and it's starting to go crash. Co, 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 co. Sodra. Yes. You're still in the SUV back there. All right. How far away is this SUV? It's hanging back because it's taking pot shots with the ballista at the... Okay. Um, Do I think that if I leaned on over to Twitch and he gave me a big old alley-oop, I could get to this SUV? Probably. With like a big nice layout swan dive thingy? Probably. Probably. All right. I do the hand signal where I let go of the handlebars and I, I make like a fly, like my arms go straight out. And then I do a like a claspy thing and a lifted thing with my arms. And then uh, and then I wink twice. I ring my bell. <laughs> I head on over. <laughs> I put my foot off the pedal as I lean over. So it's going to be all ready to like go into his like hand and he's going to take over my bike. So we don't crash, because cool. we don't waste stuff. <laughs> and I will assist. All right, you have an assisted roll. Four hits, but uh, I'm going to spend a fortune to make it five. So it can be legendary. <laughs> and legendary this is. Bumper started bringing the bus over to the side, and then got you guys together and heaped and. Which grabs a hold of you, Zodra. And then Bumper brings the tail back around and gets enough momentum and he throws you and you manage to land on the hood of the SUV. Ha. <laughs> uh, everyone in the vehicle looks very surprised. I grin, as Smiley has taught me. It's, it's real unnerving. Damien, the ballista is reloaded. Your friend's also on the hood. Uh, I fire the ballista and I just don't hit Zodra. <laughs> Here we go. Three hits. Zodra, as you land on the hood and look up, a saw blade comes down and takes off about half of the top of the cab. Uh, Easy access. Thanks, Damien. That's exactly what I planned. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the gunner with him That's and really making funny. a huge mess. Ha! Must <laughs> <Buffy> be that! <laughs> Twitch? So I would like to swing my... Uh, so I'll take my chain, I'll, I'll wrap it up back around my shoulders, uh, swing my leg over the second bicycle so I'm riding two bikes at the same time, <laughs> and I will squeeze the horn on my bike. Okay, okay. <laughs> Which is the universal signal for Bumper to uh, reel the backs back in. Railing them in! Uh, and then I'll, I'll stand in the open door of the back of the beast. 
uh, waiting for my next turn. <laughs> Bumper, there's just this SUV currently. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, I'm obviously cranking in the, the bikes uh, since I heard the horn. Uh, but I'm also going to uh, try to position myself like right in front of this uh, SUV that's kind of like open like a little like can of sardines. Uh, and I'm going to uh, assist Zodra's imminent departure from that uh, from that SUV once she's done killing everyone in there. All right. I do that. Cool. I got a hat. Just kind of slowing down, letting them draft me, getting nice and close so she can hop in the back and Twitch can catch her. All right, they're too distracted by the fact that she's on. She just got thrown onto their hood, um, and you're able to get into position. Perfect. Sodra. Yes. It's your turn. All right. Um, so, which of these guys looks the most like, you know, with the whole Damien sort of like air of superiority, worst guy want to punch in the face? Well, it was the gunner, but now it's the driver. Okay. <laughs> So, and then there's the driver and, and how many other people in here? Uh, just the driver at this point. He's, everybody else has been cut in half by. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it'd be good to have, like, information, right? Yeah. Thinking ain't good. I'm just going to kill him. I have this uh, vicious paddly thing. I'm going to just a quick old hit him real hard. <laughs> Two hits, but I will spend the very last of my two fortune and hit him with two more successes. All right, how do you kill him? Not the most graceful of landings, but I, I was upside down when I saw that buzz saw coming, so I just like flattened on down, uh, which was real good. And uh, and uh, I just uh, slide on up over the windshield and then uh, stand and sort of like a. If I knew what golf was, it would be like that. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, his. Head just goes flying off, and then I, I am a little sad because I remembered how Damien asked me for some skulls, but I'll get them some later. They'll, they'll be left there. And uh, and then uh, the car's like all wobbly and stuff, and I imagine he, uh, you know, puts his foot down. We're yep. head, headed and, straight to the beast. And it's heading straight towards the beast, but it's starting to wobble a little bit, making nimble and athletic check in order to get back onto the beast. Okay. You are assisted by me as I have positioned myself in an advantageous position. That is correct. It's just one hit. So <clears throat> do I make you it? You are about to hop onto the side of the bus and you have one of the windows, but then the truck goes flying off and you are hanging on the side of the bus. Twitch, pull her in! Okay! I step out onto the back bumper of the bus uh, hanging on to the open doorway and reach out my hand to to Zodra. Hey, this is gonna hurt, but you gotta grab on. Do it, Twitchy. Alright. And I, I grab her and I, I swing her back into the, the beast. Alright, that happens. Alright, and I look back at the carnage we left in our wake and I go, ha ha! You mess with the beast, you get the balls! Yeah! Well done, everybody. And then I close the hatch and we drive on up to Karma. Yes, and, uh, you actually see two motorcycles coming out from Karma. They're wearing helmets, but there's a very distinct white mustache on one of the riders. <laughs> uh, and they, they drive around and pull up to the side of you and give you a thumbs up. Like, thumbs up, thumbs down. I gave them a big old two thumbs up! 
And I grab the reel again. He nods and uh, rides ahead of you back into the city. All right, that was that was uh, Mr. Isaac, right? Yes. With the mustache? You, you recognize that as Mr. Isaac, judging by the clothes and his big old mustache. So I go following Master I- or, sorry, Mr. Isaac uh, back into karma through the gates. Victorious! Yes, you are victorious, but there's... Instead of cheers and victory, it seems to be a lot of hustle and bustle and people moving around. Uh, I step off the beast and I say, hey, everybody, I'm back. It's time to gear up for a siege. Where's that beer? Here we go, sir. Port it as soon as you ordered. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I drink that warm beer right down. Everyone's already getting ready for that uh, because they saw what was going on as you were coming in. And there's another convoy, bigger convoy of matching vehicles coming from same general direction, different route. What now? This is a little bit out of my realm of expertise. Uh, I look to Damien. I look to Damien. Uh, I check to see that my spear is not broken. (laughs) (laughs) Your spear is not broken. Good. I step off the beast and I remove the bone helmet from my head and shake the smelly sweat from my hair. And I look at everyone and I say, to the tower. Okay. And I start driving off towards the tower. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. Get on board. Yeah, yeah, bring bring him with us. Right. Get on (laughs) it. Hey, everyone, just climb on in the base. We'll take it to the tower. Uh, Some people that... Some of the armed guards and I imagine the other enclave leaders have climbed on board the beast. Yeah, I mean, I can fit 60 or 54 people. It used to be 56, but then Zoja ripped out a seat. <laughs> so, yeah, I go driving up to the tower. All right, everybody, one at a time, one at a time. Watch your step. Uh, they, they all climb on board and have a seat. Mr. Isaac, Master Flynn, good to see you again. Yep. Yes, it's very good to see you too, Mr. Twitch. Damien had a great idea. A tower is a great place for a summit. Yes, that makes much sense. And I'm very pleased to know that you received my messages, even from such a long distance. Yes, it's it's, uh, it's rather fortunate. But there's no time to chat. We must make preparations if we are to defend ourselves against the professor. Mm-hmm. And I drive us up to the tower. I park us right in front, and I let Damien off first. And I get off first. And descend to the very top of the tower where, presumably, where we have set up some sort of control room. Yeah, there's a, there's a command center up top of the tower where Hellion's room used to be. Uh, I get out my puzzle box and instruct the other two leaders to do so, so that we have an array of puzzle boxes and have uh, uh, give out receiver boxes to the... Uh, commanders and captains of the field so that we can relay our orders to them and so on. All right, that happens. Mr. Isaac and Master Flynn are in the room with all of you. Um, Does my uh, riffle have a scopey thingy? Sure. Is there a a flat roof on this tower? I think there is. All right, I would like to take my riffle and its scopey thingy and uh, keep a lookout uh, while these... uh, Talky people talk, doing their democratic things. <laughs> All right, you you get into position. It's easy enough to get up there. Uh, there's stairs that go up. Back inside, what are you all discussing? I go out to the window if I can if I can see uh, out the front with this. And when the uh, 
remnant vehicles arrive at Karma, what are they doing? They're starting to pull up and uh, spread out to surround the city. There's about 10 cars that you can see in your from your window. You estimate the surrounding the whole town, uh, the way it's set up, is probably about 30 vehicles. All right, they got something of an army back there. Uh, I turn to Mr. Isaac and Master Flynn, and I take my bone helmet in my hand, and I say, Well, leaders... I've brought you here for the Constitutional Summit to establish laws for our new society. But we cannot establish law and order until tyranny and evil are crushed. We have a more important mission before us. We must defeat the professor and eliminate the scourge of his influence from the face of this nation. Well, hang on just a minute. One of the laws is we can't kill anyone unless we all vote on it. Excellent point. So, Isaac, Flynn, Bumper, Twitch, this is, shall be the first proposal of this new nation. We shall call it Proposition Number One. Shall we kill the professor? All who say yay. 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 Twitch. Twitch. I want to talk to him first. Excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we were a little unspecific as to whether it had to be unanimous or not. So just to be sure, I guess we got to make sure it's unanimous this time and then we can iron it out later. <laughs> Excellent precedent. No more killing the professor until we speak to him first. <laughs> Aye. 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 It, after you speak to him, which way you lean in? Uh, definitely yay. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Proposition tabled until further notice. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> I hand him a wrench as a gavel. <laughs> I, take, I take the wrench and I say, thank you. That's much better than saying bang, bang. And I bang <laughs> it on the table. <laughs> Hi, Zoe, up there. Do you, you got eyes on the professor? Is he out there commanding his troops and whatnot, all evil-like? So you see a uh, flatbed truck with a throne on the back of it coming up towards the gate. Um, and it's got four armed guards posted on each corner of this flatbed. And it's driving up towards the gate. And you see an older man in a suit sitting on it. Uh, I don't know if he's like commanding, but he's certainly sitting on a guarded and gilded throne on a flatbed coming up to the door. I was coming out the door, man, but he want to talk, too. So you want me to shoot him? No, no, no. We're going to talk to him first. Okay. You, you give me the signal. Yeah, I'll give you the signal. Certainly be ready. Let us go out to meet him. I'll go first. All right. I flank on the left side of Damien, leaving the right side open for Twitch. I, I flank on the left side of Bumper until he gives me the universal signal for, no, no, move to the right side of Damien. I say, no, no, move to the right side of Damien. Oh, I see what you were doing now. Okay, we walk in a cool flying V. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and I don my helmet of obfuscation so that my face is disguised. And my visage terrible to behold. <laughs> well, don't be so hard on yourself, Damien. <laughs> Your shoulders are real broad. <laughs> oh, excellent idea. I pause and I take off the bone armor and I take off my jacket and I take off my shirt, revealing my broad shoulders but still pasty skin, and I put the bone armor back on. <laughs> 
Now we're ready. All right, cool. We walk in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you are all in a V formation, walking in cool slow motion towards the gate. Uh, you arrive there, and one of the guards from the towers comes down. Says, "Hey, boss. Some guy called himself the professor. Wants to talk to you. Open the gates. Open the gate. I." Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Open the gate. And the gates begin to open, and there's a beat-up flatbed truck, and it pulls in along with two guard vehicles following it. And uh, the professor stops and uh, hops off of the vehicle from his throne, and his guards surround him. He's an older gentleman, and he has a pipe and a white... A very neatly trimmed white mustache of nice part in his hair. And he seems very friendly. Uh, he's wearing a very nice suit. This is the, These are the nicest clothes any of you have ever seen. And he, uh, he speaks up. Uh, which one of you is in charge around here? That, that would, would be, be me. me. That would be that him. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could come to that conclusion together. I have some business I would like to discuss with you. If you would walk with me, we'll, I'll leave my men behind. They're here for insurance. If you have something to say, you'll say it right here in the open. All right, if, if you insist. That's right. You've been too tricky with me, Professor. Twitch, oh, is that you? It's so good to see you. Uh, it's Don't been... lie to me, Professor. I finally understand. You didn't have to be torturing me all this time. It wasn't completely necessary for me to power your settlement. And your my electricity doesn't belong to you anymore. I know you don't think it's nice to see me. I know now you just said those things and they were subterfuge and deception. My boy, I, I was heartbroken when you ran away. I never said it was my electricity. It's our electricity. It belongs to everybody to use. No, that's not right. It belongs to the people I choose to give it to. That electricity is mine, and you can't have it anymore. Well, I don't have it anymore, which is why all your friends have died. All because of you. And he takes a puff of his pipe. What? Oh, more than half of the remnants were wiped out, and it's your fault. Those people were no friends of mine. They were stealing my power, my life force. But the power's mine now. Well, whatever you say. And I, at this point, I step forward and say, Don't you recognize me, Professor? No. I go by many names. <laughs> I am the savior of civilization. The torch bearer, the boner. <laughs> <laughs> but you know me as, and I remove my helmet, Damien Balkris. <gasps> I gasped dramatically. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> Damien? That's right, Professor. I've uncovered your little game. Little game? What are you talking about? You had the whole 
enclave tricked and hoodwinked. You were pulling the wool over their eyes, deceiving them, leading them astray without their knowledge, telling them you knew best, that you were bringing them justice and reason and light. But that was all a lie. You were abusing your power and exercising tyrannous control over them. It was oppression without our knowledge. You said, Professor, that you knew best, but now I know the truth. You don't know best. I know best. <laughs> so what makes what makes you any different than me, boy? You had stopped the project to unite the enclaves for selfish purposes, but I have restored that project, and I'm about to bring it to fruition as soon as I dispatch with the likes of you. Dispatch with the likes of me, you say, and he raises his hand. And all the uh, all the guards start leveling their weapons. I'd be careful if I were you. You know, I own this town. Everyone in here in Karma is loyal to me. Well, yes. No, the ones surrounding your city are loyal to me. So why don't you tell me what you want, and then we'll all decide, democratically, <laughs> how we feel about it. Democratically. I believe I'm in charge here. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm in charge, we do things demotactically. <laughs> what I want is just to unite the world under my benevolent guidance. My, I wish to help everybody. Everyone needs to know that I know what's best for them. Well, I must admit, having seen as much of the world as I've seen... I don't think being chained to a wall and stabbed with knives for electrical output was best for me. But you're stronger now. You had purpose then. Hey, uh, Damien, I'm changing my vote to yay. As soon as he says that, I go, hi, professor. Hi, my name is Bumper. I don't know if you know, I'm the guy who drives the big bus. You may have heard about me. The beast? Yes. Yeah, all right. Hi, check this out. And I, and I like, sidestep to the left a little bit, and I start doing... <laughs> the booger beast <laughs> to give Zodra the signal and also hopefully simultaneously assist her with her shot while I distract the distract this whole damn crowd <laughs> with some sick ass dance mouse shoulder up in and out out of sync and up and down shoulder out in and out up and down and out of sync <laughs> that happens I put my soul into it. Grit my teeth. Best boogie I've ever done. And even the even the guards that had started acting a little more aggressive have started looking at you and started lowering their weapons as you are just making a complete ass of your, out of yourself. And loving it. <laughs> so I, I see the signal and uh, I just say, Kabow. And I pull the trigger. <laughs> Uh, that is five hits. <laughs> Bumper, the professor is looking at you when all of a sudden his head snaps back and he falls forward to the ground. And that's when everyone hears what sounds like a peal of thunder and then everything's quiet. I reload. <laughs> I, I step up to the professor's body. I reach down and I pick him up. By the scruff of the neck, take the pipe out of his mouth, pry it from his cold, dead teeth, put it in my own mouth. <laughs> you taste the 
you taste irony, like an iron taste on the pipe. This must be the taste of filthy power. (laughs) I turn to his henchmen and show them the body and I say, Go home and read a book! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Backed by your loyalists behind you, Damien, the other... The other remnants and raiders that did not follow you decide to cut their losses and slowly back out, even leaving the throne truck, and they hightail out of there. You see the convoys, having no leader or purpose anymore, go their separate ways out into the wasteland. Is there like some kind of bullhorn or megaphone I can yell after them? Yeah. All right. I get up on the watchtower, and as and as the siege folk pull away, uh, I call after them, Hey! It's me, Twitch! <laughs> you might not know me, but I provided the power for your settlement for your entire lives. And now, I provide the power here. If any of you wish to find a home here, instead of falling to ruin with the end of the professor's tyranny... You'll always be welcome in karma if you, as long as you follow our just laws. They don't seem to acknowledge you, but you never know. They make their getaway. The Constitutional Summit takes place, and an alliance is established between all the remnant enclaves, as well as a few of the larger barter towns, such as Karma and Witherbury. And at the signing of the Constitution... I take the professor's pipe and hold it before the committee and I snap it in half as a symbol that tyranny is broken and never shall return. Zodra, what do you do? I guess I pack up and clean up my shell casing and uh, listen to the talkie people talk for a while. Wait for Bumper to be done with all this uh, shenanigans. Yeah, I just wanted to hang around so I could sign my name on that paper. (laughs) And uh, then um, uh, I get back on the bus. Yeah, well, I suppose we got some work ahead of us. Like, we got to pass out all these all these uh, receiver boxes. I think we got, like, a good month or two that we have to, like, just drive around and get this whole, like, form of government set up. You know, I feel like I probably drive Damien and Twitch and whoever else around to, like, make the pitch to the different settlements, hand out the, the starter packs, all that goodness, uh, and try to get this government all formed up. I asked Damien to program a functionality in the transceiver that lets uh, that lets them send out one message and one message alone that someone needs a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a little ping that pops up. It's kind of like put up right there on my dash. And when someone needs a ride, it just pops right up. And I and I press a button and it lets them know I'm coming. It's it's just Uber. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like Uber for wastelanders. It's it's, it's, it's Uber. Unbelie- unbelievably easy route. <laughs> and then I suppose, I mean, I I did make a promise to you too, Twitch, Damien. I gotta take you to wherever you're gonna call your forever home. Well, I suppose they all like me in karma, and not just because I'm a smiley guy. <laughs> well, listen, Twitch. Technically, the town is yours to rule, and as you say, they do like you here, though I can't understand why. And I believe... I have a greater calling than to simply spend the rest of my life in karma. There are 
many more enclaves and cities to explore on clearly on on this map than the ones we've been to i believe my mission is to spread this union of enclaves and knowledge throughout the entire land and bring the whole area together i believe i shall spend the foreseeable future traveling further and uniting more and more peoples together so you're going i believe this is where our journeys part ways will you at least send me some advice on the receiver boxes oh i'll constantly be sending you advice don't worry thank you so much (laughs) i I have no idea how to lead a town no of course the whole idea is that i know what to do and i'll be sharing it with everybody cool and it'll be filtered through me and my comic sensibilities (laughs) uh twitch you also uh after the summit you feel a tap on your shoulder huh who's there ghosts (laughs) (laughs) you look and it's star oh Oh, Star, I'm sorry. I thought you were a ghost. Are you a ghost? Are you alive? I'm not a ghost. I am alive, Twitch. Okay, I touched Star to make sure that she is corporeal. Uh, She is corporeal. Hey, uh, could you do me a huge favor? What's that? So I'm probably going to be staying in this room here in in the top of this tower. Do you think you could install some of those iron bars and hook them up to the grid in case I ever need to let off some steam? Uh, Actually... I was going to offer to be your chief engineer. What? Really? Yes. But don't they need you over on the coast? Well, with these new instructions, uh, I'm a little more free to move around now. Hey, uh, I'd love to have you on board. There's even uh, an open room in the tower. All right. Uh, Y'all should kiss. (laughs) I um, sidle up over to Twitch and uh, hand him the... Ro- the romance of Tudge, uh in his hand, sort of subtly, and just walk away. And I try winking, but it just comes off as blinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to do it one eye at a time. And uh, I put my mouth, still smiling, <laughs> toothily, c- close to her mouth, and some, some sparks and lightning goes between them. And I'm like, okay, what? Well, I forget what happens now. And she meets you the rest of the way. And we we bump our teeth together. (laughs) I take Damien about far out as I can. You're going to be traveling the whole globe there, Damien. It's about as far as I know. It's about as far as I can go without, like, you know, leaving the network behind. But maybe when the network expands a little further, we'll find each other again. I understand. Don't worry, you can trust me to bring all of these bumbling idiots out east the knowledge of communication. <laughs> he says that, and as he finishes the sentence, I put my finger on his lips, and I go, shush, shush, shush. It would never work between us. You can't, you can't force it, Damien. <laughs> We're going to have to part ways now, okay? And you're going to have to live with that. I'm sure you'll find someone. Uh... I'll miss you, Bumper. I'll miss you too, Damien. But you know what? You get that network going. I feel like our paths will cross one more time. And I hope that they do one day. I give them a big old hug. You like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say goodbye to Damien. How's out? Yeah, Bump. Seems like the world's a lot bigger than we thought it was. Yep. Over there on the coast, there's places 
might be able to plant some plants and stuff. And then, like, maybe we can go out and, like, find your tribe and bring them all together if that's, like, what you want to do. You've been on this bus for a couple years now. Well, Bump, the, the, them forests is uh, populated with uh, evil carnivorous squirrels. So <laughs> um, I ain't so sure that that's a, that ain't exactly where my, my tribe needs to go. Uh, they need to find the green place, not a green place. Uh-huh. So uh, I actually probably should go back to the basin and uh, so I can I can remain a lighthouse there until my, my tribe comes for me or, or catches up, you know, because well, they're halved. <laughs> well, you said your tribe was going east. That's the direction I'm going. And not that I'm scared or anything, but perhaps you could come with me and keep me protected from unreasonable amounts of violence. So I never real told you what I'm doing, uh, but we ain't got no that communication stuff. We, we, we're old school. We drop off people and then note where we're going to that person. Then we get far enough away and change direction and we drop off another person and keep looking. And then the other half, the weak half of my tribe got left in our dying green place. So I'm a link in a in a chain. I gotta I gotta stay. But if if uh, you do find them, and I take off my little wrist bracelet thingy with a amber and a and a leaf in it, and I go, uh, you can give this to them, uh, and uh, you can tell them my family's dead, but I'm all right, and uh, and uh, we're still waiting for that green place. And maybe you can give them one of those receivery boxy things that you've been handing out to everybody and then maybe they can they, we don't need lighthouses anymore and then i can spend more time with you know y'all all right back to the basin oh i got i do have a few people who need rides around there all right bump let's go damien it's been real that bone armor that'll keep you safe so uh you know keep keep obfuscating with that and you'll be fine <laughs> Yes, for better or for worse, every time I wear it, I'll think of you. <laughs> Don't make me blush. Aw, oh, that's for your touch and your toe! And I'll bring them both in for a hug. Uh, mm, only for you, Bumper. <laughs> and then we drive on back to the to the basin, the, the area we're used to. Northern end of that is, uh, is karma. And so, you know, pay Twitch some visits, hang out. And as I, as I look out the window... Of, of the tower in the center of karma. I smile as I see the beast driving into my town, the bus that finally let me find home. And I set on my windowsill an, uh, an upside-down motorcycle helmet filled with pot and soil, and out of it sprouting a brand-new potato plant. And that's where we'll end this campaign. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Postgame Chatter. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the finale. Um, this Postgame Chatter is a little different from the ones in previous series because we didn't just finish recording the finale uh, 
we did that a little bit ago, and now we're getting back together to talk about the series, talk about the system, and answer your questions. Um, in the time since we recorded the finale and now, Covert left the city of Chicago, and uh, Kohansky left the, st- the United States of America. <laughs> so both uh, both Alex Kohansky and Ryan Covert are remote for this post-game chatter. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Um, so let's go around the table really quick. Uh, make sure the audience knows what we sound like when we're not doing our character voices. Uh, so I'm Tommy. I played Bumper. I'm Sean. I played Twitch. I'm Alex. I played Damien. I'm Ryan Covert. I played Game Master. And I'm Addie, and I played Zodra. And I'm also the only girl, so you probably figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's start off with uh, uh, feelings about the system. Uh, uh, how uh, how does everyone like Atomic Highway now that we've played through a campaign of it? Uh, anyone have anything about like the mechanics that they liked a whole lot, or anything that felt a little shaky that they would uh, that they would homebrew? Anything like that? Well, I for one really liked uh, Fortune. I think it's really cool how I can be like, "Hey, here's my resource." I don't like that. I want the plot to be different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's maybe just the like GM in me a little bit. I had a really fun time uh, that or like, you know, sort of twisting the knife, so to speak, with with extra hits and adding, stuff. adding. Yeah. Being like, I this is very important to me. Let me throw fortune on top of it. I, I actually do really quickly for the listeners want to uh, uh, point out um, uh, in this finale, um, while in game, it was like characterized as bumper's idea to like make the beasts balls um, (laughs) uh, uh, system. Um, It it actually was a group effort in between sessions. uh, We were like, man, what are we going to do about this? Like combat leading up to like uh, leading up to karma, you know, how are, how are Twitch and Zodra going to get involved? Man, you know, maybe you guys should go out on those bicycles or something, right? We have these bicycles. We haven't done anything with it. And then it just kind of snowballed from there where all the players were like sitting around trying to think of like the most ridiculous way to use these bicycles. And we came up with this hilarious system. And then it was like, cool, I'll spend two fortune and make that a thing we did before the, (laughs) this fight happened. And we also had to, come up with an acronym of course it took that was the hardest part <laughs> and the whole time they're just like sitting there whispering to each other like it's just, and i have to worry about what the hell they're planning <laughs> well i think that that like very well shows how cool fortune is and and like how like you know systems that have that kind of mechanic that let you augment the roles that are important to you or like you know loop back in time to make a minor tweak so that a situation is a little more advantageous for you uh, uh i love i love systems like that and atomic highways fortune options are pretty cool and uh like it, it feels it feels like the the values of fortune you have to spend like are appropriate for what you uh, uh what you get out of it yeah, any, anything that makes uh, the GM worried about what the players are planning, is uh, that's all right by me. <laughs> and of course, uh, none of that would have been possible if we hadn't just had some random bicycles lying around, <laughs> which leads, of course, to scavenging tables and why rolling on random tables is always fun somehow. Yes. <laughs> Uh, just just like going around and scavenging, which is like a huge hallmark of the genre and finding random stuff that you have to figure out a use for, like whether it's just bartering or uh, varnishing a kayak so it doesn't get filled with poison lake. <laughs> yeah, it's, always, it's always fun as a game master to see what kind of crazy stuff you come up with and trying to like justify, yeah, this will work because of this. Uh, it's always it's always fun 
and see what you guys come up with. That's something I really liked about this system is that there are so many things it has, like fortune, like scavenging, like the way you can sort of argue for what you think you should be able to roll in a given situation that give both the players and the GM a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom to tell the story you want to tell. Yeah, and on top of it, the uh, the dice mechanics for Atomic Highway are like cool and unique. I haven't played a system uh, like it. The V six engine is really cool. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I just like the way that that uh, that system works and how um, because the the threshold for success is low, like you know one or two successes is usually like pretty good. That like you get to get away with more ridiculous things like riding bicycles behind a giant bus <laughs> uh, because like you're like, oh, you got four successes. Yeah, you basically break physics. <laughs> I think that uh, that's really what the what fortune is for like i should be good at this i'm gonna spend fortune to be good at this mm-hmm. um and so like if somebody was to co-op the the v6 engine i would highly recommend having something like fortune in their game um specifically for that reason but again i think atomic highway does a good job of rendering its genre in the uh, in the form of, of an RPG, because that kind of like anything can happen, random swinginess, uh, I think really uh, meshes well with the post-apocalyptic uh, atomic wasteland they got going on. That is a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, really quickly, I think uh, we should go around the table and ask the question that we ask every post-game chatter. Would you play it again? Covert and Kohansky, let's start with one of you guys. Definitely going to run it again. I don't know if I'll ever get to play it, but <laughs> it's the GM curse. Uh, I would absolutely play this again, if only to explore the different um, facets of the system and the different character types that uh, I didn't really get a chance to do. I feel like there's a lot in the Atomic Highway system. There, um, you need to do more than one campaign to really get the complete experience. I'd have to agree with Kohansky, actually. I would play it again specifically to do sort of like a more like uh, see see how like a more resource management heavy version of the game goes because it sounds really fun, but maybe I would hate it. <laughs> so I, ne- I need to know more. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're in an accord like uh, there's a lot of kind of places in this system corners we left unexplored being going from like enclave to enclave there's like uh all these all this other like fluff in the system and stuff that we didn't touch like aircraft and firearms and boating like all the other types of vehicular combat uh yeah playing a a kind of a either a different setting or a different tone but the same world would be a lot of fun yeah, uh, we're it's a uh, five out of five here. All of us agree. Um, yeah, I, I would uh, I would do the same uh, because we've talked about it in words with the GM. Uh, the, the system caters to any type of like post apocalyptic story you want to tell. This campaign turned out a little more like the Fallout video games, but like uh, like I agree with Addy. I think uh, doing doing a campaign in the system that's a little more like the game like Last of Us, where like every encounter feels like you know razor thin and like you need like just like you know to use whatever scraps you can to survive that could make like for a really really high suspense uh uh uh, game using the exact same system so yeah i think this game has a lot of replayability because every campaign can be unique 
and now it's the time, and, and now the time has come that you guys have all been waiting for. Uh, you sent in your questions, and we are going to answer them. Uh, so let's uh, start it off with Tommy. Who's our first? Uh, what's our first question? Uh, first couple questions come from Jim. Uh, the first question is for everybody. Uh, it's been mentioned in this series and others that Covert prefers to GM games that require less preparation and use more improvisation. Uh, what other systems would you suggest for this GM style, both for one-offs, sorry, for one-offs and for shorter campaigns? Uh, Covert, since you're mentioned specifically, how about we start with you? I'm sure you have a lot of suggestions for things that cater to your GM style. Actually, yes. Uh, Apocalypse World or any powered by the Apocalypse games, uh, similar games are actually really good for that. That's actually how I kind of discovered I liked this GMing style. I usually do that in other mid-crunch systems. I've even done it in Shadowrun, where I've not prepped and just kind of, oh, wow, that sure is a lot of hits. Sure, yeah, you you hack this, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that, that like, pains me as a Shadowrun GM. <laughs> that pains like, me as a Shadowrun hacker. <laughs> <laughs> you can really do it with anything if you can bullshit well enough. But the systems that are best for it I think are definitely uh, any powered by the apocalypse game, such as Apocalypse World or Dungeon World or the or the like, or Uncharted Worlds. See series three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's a really good segue because Uncharted Worlds is great for low prep. Um, there's really two ways to do it: either take an improv class and uh, just learn to like take really good notes post session, so you remember what happened and you can run on the fly, or um, do all the prep ahead of time and like create the whole world, and then there is no prep necessary for the rest of ever, uh, especially in Uncharted Worlds. Because, like, your players are really dictating what's happening, and you're just saying yes or no. Hmm. Anyone else? Any recommendations? Uh, my hot wrecks for uh, Jim are Fate, where you kind of, the GM can really offload a lot of their responsibilities onto the players. I've heard Fate described as uh, a writer's room where each player is responsible for writing one character, and the GM is the head writer. It's about right. Uh, and uh, I've also been running Blades in the Dark lately, and Blades in the Dark is really great for letting your players go off and decide what kind of crimes they want to do, and you just, uh, the, the dice will make trouble for them. So you really don't have to do much at all. Uh, everything I know about RPGs, I know from Sean, so I agree <laughs> with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any recommendations that uh, anyone didn't already say. I, I too, really, really like the uh, Powered by the Apocalypse systems because uh, the dice mechanic is so easy that like you don't have to worry about me like mechanics as you play that game, and you can just run away with the story. And I've played in Sean's Blades in the Dark games, and they are fantastic, and that system is great, and everyone should check it out, regardless of your GM style um but yeah okay hopefully that answers your question jim uh because you have one more also for everybody uh how did you decide on the pairings bumper and zodra damien and twitch in your guys in everyone's backstory uh was this decided in advance or did it happen during character creation i think the answer to that is a little bit from column a and a little bit from column b because sean and kowanski you guys you guys like went in being like we should be connected right well, what happened was we independently decided we wanted to have the remnant background. And once we 
realized that we had both decided that, we thought, well, we should be from the same remnant. So let's make our backstories together. Uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, Bumper is actually a character that I, I made years ago when I first found out about the system and I've just been waiting for the opportunity to play him. And I'm really, really glad that I waited this long because it was the payoff was great. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so he was already kind of pre-made and he, he didn't really have like an, a, a tie to any character at his character creation. Uh, yeah. And then um, for me, I was the last one to create a character. And so I was like, well, we don't have a fighter. So I'm making a fighter. Why are they <laughs> staying with the group? Uh, life debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like the Zodra and Bumper thing just kind of happened organically as we started fleshing out her character. It just made more and more sense that like this character who she was deciding, like this tribal woman who was like kind of like staying in the area as like, you know, uh, a link in a chain between two halves of her tribe because of her personality and Bumper's personality. It started to make sense that like we would be a really great like duo. And then we were and then we realized like we have we have our two pairings and we even very, very briefly considered making the the first couple episodes be uh, like just Bumper and Zodra and then have like Twitch and Damien show up or have like the first two episodes be two two uh, man sessions where it's like Twitch and Damien's first story and then Bumper and Zodra's first story. Um, we ended up not going with that because we wanted just to have the whole group together at the beginning. But like it really did like make for a really cool dynamic that you don't see in every campaign. So it was a ton of fun. Um, so our next question is from Twitter, Twitter user random jerk. We, we love you. You're not a jerk, but that is your username. <laughs> uh, random jerk asked, do you find yourself making and playing the same or similar type of characters more often than not? Or do you prefer to try something different every time? And I guess that's for everyone. Uh, I can speak to that random jerk. I, I do try to play different characters, but it never ends up working out that way. Um, I took an improv class once, and the teacher told me that I'm very good at playing lovable idiots, and I think I can't help uh, falling into that stereotype every time I play a character. Uh, I expressly try to do something new every time I make a character, and uh, it was kind of by accident that I think Twitch ended up as different as he was because uh, my initial build for Twitch had him not being stupid, uh, <laughs> but I didn't have enough stat points to make him not stupid. <laughs> and the rest is history. But uh, somehow I end up falling into doomed romance every time. Uh, I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as, uh, as Kohansky for this. Um, I, I very, very often try to make a character that, um, is outside my wheelhouse. I want to like explore different, uh, different like personalities and stuff. And then, uh, sometimes it works and often it doesn't. It's, it's definitely something I, uh, I try to do, but then also sometimes it's just fun to play the thing that you're good at playing and not like having to stress a whole lot about being like, well, what's this different character going to be like, well, how would he handle this? Sometimes, you know, there are certain archetypes that fit your, your style of play so well that, you know, I always end up coming back to them eventually. Um, but I, you know, I, I try to like veer one way or the other. A good example is, uh, Andalith Dorovan in series three. Um, he's, he's, uh, a lot more like rigid than any other character I've ever played. Um, for me, I, uh, 
I have like two modes, which is, uh, which is like the smart, wacky, like high energy one. Um, and then like the, the like face, um, is basically the two, the two ones that I play most often. I do love to play like a Zodra type with like, like the, the combat jerk, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't have a good measure of it. So for me, it's usually one of the other two, um, which I enjoy playing. And I like um, I like playing dumb characters, but I never I personally get frustrated when like nobody plays a smart character. And it's like, why would you do that? That makes no sense. And so like I always like to play the smart characters. So I, as the player, have the excuse to be like, oh, no, we're not doing that because in character reasons. Because <laughs> in character, I am competent and intelligent. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't try to mix it up that much. I've got like three or four modes, and I, I like them. I like combat characters. <laughs> uh, but I usually try to play something different. Um, I don't like playing evil characters. Like, I, I just can't bring myself to be a bad guy. You're just too pure soul. I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm just such a good guy everyone <laughs> i cannot play evil characters our next question comes from morgan this is for everybody if you could go back and change one choice you made during the campaign what would it be and why uh that one's really easy for me uh at one point i say i laugh i wish i had laughed <laughs> what does Sojo's laugh sound like? I don't know. Well, That's no, why I didn't laugh. You do laugh at one point when you're murdering a bunch of people. You cackle like a maniac. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the only time we actually hear you laugh, and it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the casual chuckle sounds like from Zodra. <laughs> I also know exactly what I would have done. In, in um, episode nine, I didn't spend any of my fortune. and I should have spent all five fortune to find one person in that remnant. Like, I, w I really wanted to find, like, one last kind of, like, a remnant, whether it was a trog or someone who had held out in, like, a, in, like, a safe room, a panic room for, like, the whole invasion. I really would have loved to just, like, find someone uh, from home. Um, I wish I had let Damien do some nice things for his party members because everyone else, like, very expressly did kind, generous acts at some point, and Damien never got on that train. So I wish I wish he had, even if by accident. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm glad I'm going last because I spent that whole time thinking and being like, I think I, I, think I nailed it. <laughs> being, being like, I think every decision I made, like I just became bumper so much that it was perfect. But no, I, I remember, I remember there is one thing I regret. It actually happens in the finale. It's when I did the, the, the like delusional, uh, bumper thing at the end where like Damien is just moving on and being like, cool, I'm going to go and like bring technology and, in, in you know, history and uh, culture to people. Uh, and then bumper like puts his finger on Damien's lips and is like, you you can't fight it, Damien. You can't force it. We were never meant to be together, which is like completely out of nowhere because Bumper is just like a, a zany idiot like that. And was just like, you can't. And, and the thing that I think made it not play as well as I wanted it to is the, I've realized what I should have said was don't pretend like you ain't hurting Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that was oh, 
what the that's God. what the intention was. He was like, "You, uh, you beautiful, uh, you beautiful person, Damien. You're you're trying so hard <laughs> to pretend like you're not hurting, which probably isn't actually true. But it was just like it, it, that was the part. Like I, as I was listening to it, I was like, "That's what I should have said." So I think that was that's the the one regret I have. Everything else, I very much enjoyed that bumper did. Uh, Covert, did you have anything? Not anything specific. Uh, just throughout the campaign. Um, as any GM, I'd kick myself like, oh, why did I do that? Just on random little stuff. Yeah, the 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 struggles of behind the scenes. Like, this is, oh, I made a huge mistake. And, like, the players are none the wiser. <laughs> and the important part is, as long as you guys had fun, I think I did my job. Still kick myself, though. Uh, so our next questions uh, are from Mark. Would the scavenging tables be easy to port into other games? Uh, for example, Sh- Savage Rifts or Fallout setting game? I think so. Yeah, even or even just a, adjusting some of the stuff on the charts. It's They're very well laid out charts, and the system is, for rolling for stuff is really easy. So even if you just like tweak some of the, some of the payouts, like I think it's a system that can very easily be ported into any, any other game. Heck, yeah, I think it'd be easy enough just to make your own table using the same setup. Yeah, you just roll 2d6 and the, like 1d6 chooses the row and 1d6 chooses the column. So there you go. Yes, is your answer. <laughs> um, and then uh, and his next question is for Covert. Uh, Covert, do you stretch your brain uh, before GMing to keep your mind limber for your GM style? <laughs> I don't really do any like exercises or anything. I, I don't do like a Sudoku puzzle or something. Uh, I usually just get a beer or there it is. <laughs> start with a beer or some other form of liquid courage to uh, kind of take the edge off of running a game. I'm not saying you have to drink to be a better gym. Just that's just how that's just what I I do is kind of part of my ritual of getting ready for a game yeah i think every gym has like a thing they do to like prepare whether it's like set up your notes a specific way or like sit in the right chair like you know whatever it is to like sit down and be like all right i'm gming now (laughs) the next few questions are from gordon First question is for everyone. It's the question uh, Gordon always likes to ask. We've heard Addie and Tommy and Covert's favorite moments as the series went on, but what was everyone's favorite moment from the series? Yeah. What was everyone's favorite moment from the series as a whole? Uh, let's start with uh, with Kohansky and and Sean, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, mine is obviously from episode three, the Damien Twitch Moon sequence. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> well, shit. Now what am I going to say? <laughs> you can have the same favorite moment. More needs to be said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same. Um, it, like I said, I always kind of get pigeonholed into this doomed romance thing. But uh, when I was there in the moment, I was like, what is the most entertaining thing I can do right now? Uh, it is go on a date with this alien parasite. Lady. <laughs> so I did. And it was great. Because you initiated that whole thing when we were in the hotel room and... I was I was sitting there. I had absolutely no ideas for where we could go in this uh, situation, and you really saved the whole thing by starting that doomed romance. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, for Addie Covert and I, we should probably pick from episode ten since we've talked about our favorite moments for every episode up until now. Mm-hmm. So Covert, what was your favorite moment from episode ten? 
Well, I I don't know. I just kind of liked how everything wrapped up and everybody kind of got got their ending and you know the the world slowly starts becoming a slightly better place. Uh, I I just thought the whole ending sequence for everyone was a lot of fun to do. One word, kapow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, uh, just, you know, it, it seemed very exact, like the whole, the whole lead up with the hand signals, like that payoff was amazing. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a really, and then I got five hits, which was also really great. Yeah. Um, so it, it just turned out to be like a, a really stellar moment for her. Uh, even though it wasn't really a character moment for her, it's just something that she should be good at and then really was. Well, it's it's something that I've said before, specifically for you playing Zodra, Addy, is like you find these ways to make things that could be just like kind of a I shoot them, I attack them and you and you you just do something just slightly different that makes it like interesting and compelling. And, and just like the fact that instead of you being like, I shoot them, the fact that you said kapow to yourself like just there like really kind of built up the reverence of like this mythical weapon that is a gun in in this world that covert had created and made it feel like you were like smiting him and like that you were like like this was like you were like yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like it showed it showed like your respect for like the the situation as zodra and and that's like it was a, it actually was like a really interesting moment um uh so my favorite moment was when we were squaring off with the professor and Twitch is uh, uh, like, well, why don't you just tell us what you uh, what you want, and then we'll decide it, democratically or whatever. He says it like incorrectly, and then the professor corrects him, and there's a long pause, and then he goes, "I think I'm in charge," and when around here we do things democratically, <laughs> like, and he still said it wrong, but in a different way. It was just like. It just got me so. I like even uh, even when I was editing it, I laughed exactly the same way as I did in the in the episode. Like I was like, there were two Tommies laughing exactly the same way at the moment when I was editing it. It was so good. It it, it got me. It tickled me, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. Next question from Gordon is for Covert. Uh, how was it taking up the GM seat uh, after Tommy and Addie? It was terrifying. I had some pretty big shoes to fill with with Tommy and Addie. GMing up to this point and I was worried I was going to completely ruin the podcast I think it ended up well had a good supporting cast uh, but yeah it was definitely it was definitely pretty scary uh, I had a lot of fun and I think I, I think I learned a lot during that time well that, that leads really well into his next question which is were there any particular challenges or high points uh, in playing the system and why did you choose to run this system particularly? Well, I wanted to represent kind of my lower prep style of GMing and this was a good system to do that. It's really easy to make monsters and mooks on the fly and just kind of make, make stuff up as you go. I tried to do a little prep just so everything would flow smoother and that's why I wanted to run that. That and it's, you know, post-apocalypse is something we haven't really done yet. Uh, his next question is for me. He asks me, how long did it take to stop talking like Bumper? Too long. It took like oh a week God. and a half. I was, it oh was so hard. God. It's a really good thing we're recording this uh, so long after we finished the finale because I would still be talking like Bumper. It was, it was ridiculous. I couldn't break it. I, I really, really couldn't. Even once I started to not 
really have the accent. I still like spoke in his cadence and like did stuff, like said things like I'd say like, go, 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 go. (laughs) And things like that. And and, uh, the fact that he goes like, like real something. I did that for a really long time after we were done recording. I'd be like, yeah, that's like, real bad (laughs) (laughs) every every break from recording even like hour or or hour and a half long breaks like it was a concerted effort to stop talking like our character yeah (laughs) the next question is for uh everyone uh as always if you weren't playing your own character what other character or npc in this uh, in this series would you have liked to play uh i'll go first because it's pretty easy uh, for me. Um, I would have liked to play Damien. Um, <laughs> first of all, because I love Damien. And second, because he's a character I could never in a million years pull off. Talia Nazari is the closest I get to that. Not, and that's not even close at all. So like, I would love to have like the like ability to play to play Damien. Um, I would just ruin him though. So I probably, I don't, maybe I wouldn't choose that. I don't know. <laughs> You'd like to think you would play yes. Damien. In an ideal world, I would get to play Damien. <laughs> I would like to play the professor. I would like to see what was going on behind the scenes. And well, I guess I'd like to decide what was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> um, and sort of in keeping with the theme we had going of authoritarianism versus democracy, I'd like to really play the evil side of that and get to explore that aspect of our debate. Man, a, a second time you have said the thing that I was planning to say. Like, I would love to play, like, a young, like, the young professor and, like, how he got where he is. Like, the professor yeah. and Master Flynn and their, like, adventures before they became, like, enclave masters. I think that would be super cool. Oh, that's better than what, that's, that's what I want to do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, next time. It, it feels like a cop-out, but... I, do, I just want to be Bumper. I want to be Bumper forever. <laughs> I mean, I loved every other character. I think if I had to pick one, it'd be like Zodra, but I wouldn't be able to do her the same justice Addie did. The little nuances uh, Addie put in really made the character. But like at her core, she's just like a super badass, and that would be really fun to play. Uh, that's a little more close to like, my, my thing. I always end up trying to make a character that's really good in combat, whereas Bumper's not so much. But like, if I'm being honest, like I I just want to play Bumper again. It was I just loved it so much. It was so much fun. Uh, I think Bumper's my spirit animal. <laughs> I think Bumper's probably my spirit animal too. <laughs> He's just a fun character to run for. And second would probably be Zodra, just because she is a badass. But like like you said, I I don't think I could do her justice either. Hey, that leads really well into Gordon's uh, final question, which is, hey, Addie, did you have fun playing a melee specialist for a change? <laughs> uh, I did. Um, Zodra was actually pretty hard to play. For one, like moving my voice down a register was really difficult. Um, and then also uh, it was fun to not have to make the choices. Just be like, yep. <laughs> uh that was actually really great uh it speaks to the sort of calls back to to the previous my previous answer about like kinds of characters i play like i don't take the backseat characters so it was really fun to literally take a character who was in the backseat um and uh and just be like it's all right you do your thing and then i'll clean it up uh it's just really nice 
I had I had a I had a great time playing Zodra. Uh, and Gordon had one final point. Uh, it's not really a question though. He just really wanted to express something. He says, "I really liked where Zodra took the gun case and not knowing what the gun was, threw it away and turned the case into a planter. Taking the weapon, ignoring it, and helping something living grow was a really nice moment and quite fitting for the setting." No oh, shucks. <laughs> if she had known, she probably she probably would have kept it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's like her whole thing, right? Is like trying to make a green place wherever she can, uh, yeah. and so uh, just hopefully not one with dangerous rabbit horrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks, Gordon. Neat. So let's move on off of talking to me, um, and let's answer some questions from Nick. Um, This one is for Sean. A character experiencing the world for the first time sounds like a lot of fun. What are the challenges that come with that handicap? And then he's got a follow-up question, but I want to hear the answer to that question first. Yeah, we we got a lot of fish out of water stories uh, uh, floating around in this world. So uh, it is, yeah, it's absolutely a ton of fun. Uh, to not to be completely ignorant about the world uh, and separating player knowledge from character knowledge is always super difficult. So when like Sean has an idea that Twitch would never think of, uh, sometimes like I either have to do some gymnastics to to get that idea out there, or I need to like go and put in the work to have like Twitch. Uh, ask p- enough people to like figure it out. So sometimes uh, I can't all like I I can't always justify in the fiction stuff that Twitch would know. Uh, so that's probably the hardest part for me. Um, and then was there ever a situation where it was particularly frustrating that Twitch couldn't or shouldn't know something? Most of the time is actually kind of liberating, honestly, like to, to like find a gun and be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and like to be able to like bring someone a gun but not, but like actually just be bringing them the case or to um, like be naive and stupid enough to like fluster people who are trying to like outwit you um, <laughs> is uh, it's kind of strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one's actually for me. Um, Addy, I love how Zodra's personality was informed by her tragic backstory. Do you have any tips or suggestions about how to play a character who's experienced emotional trauma like hers without being a bummer and bringing down the party? <laughs> um, so there are two ways. Um, the The first way is um, like to have them already have come to terms with it. Like just because something sad happened to you doesn't mean it has to be a current trauma. Something sad could happen, things can remind you of it, and it can be like an emotional touchstone. But at the end of the day, you don't have to be like, my whole family's dead, so I'm, you know, sad all the time. Uh, Because people who are, you know, like have tragedies do find happiness in things. Um, And so it's real to find joy even in the midst of sorrow. Um, And so keeping that in mind is the one way. That's the hard way. (laughs) Um, and the other way, uh, is, um, if you don't think you can pull it off, don't. Uh, and, uh, I say this with like all of the like goodwill in the world, but like people create characters. Why are they adventuring? Cause their parents are dead and their houses burned down and a dragon ate people and like all this stuff. And then they end up being like super edgelord. Uh, they've had all the worst things happen to them and it just creates like a sad experience and it's really hard on your party. Um, in addition to you as a player, 
if you don't pull it off right, it can make things hard for everyone involved. So, um, you know, I think, I think the best way to do it is to, um, you know, really try to make it a past trauma, not a trauma that just happened like a day ago. Yeah. That's the GM's job. (laughs) <laughs> to traumatize you in the now. <laughs> uh, but again, enough about me. Let's move on. Uh, Tommy, uh, Bumper's voice is really unique and per- a perfect fit for the setting. How did you come up with it? Oh, I just flat out stole it. Uh, if any one of our listeners has played the video game Borderlands, there's a character in it named Scooter who talks exactly like that. <laughs> and he's my favorite part of Borderlands. And, and when I was making Bumper, uh, it was like halfway into it. I was like, oh, this dude talks like Scooter. I, I got it. Uh, that was a decision I made two years ago when I made this character. And then uh, actually before we started recording, for the podcast, I went and played Borderlands a little bit to like get it back in my. I think I found a supercut on YouTube of like Scooter's best lines in Borderlands, so I could get ready. Uh, and the hardest part for me as Bumper was not stealing Scooter's catchphrase, which is "Catch a ride," <laughs> which would be a perfect catchphrase for Bumper. And even at the end when we made Uber, I was like, "Man, I can't. I, I got to stop myself from stealing Catch a Ride. I can't do it. <laughs> I've already completely co-opted this." person's voice uh yeah so that's where i got it from uh just total total plagiarism uh so alex you're next um while all the pcs had some wonderful arcs in the series damien's journey really seemed to be the one driving the main plot how does being the major narrative focus of a campaign affect your role playing well on the one hand it makes it a lot easier because you always know exactly what you need to do Um, to move the story forward. It's really clear and there's not a lot you need to come up with. On the other hand, you 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 sort of have these two responsibilities, I guess. You need to make sure the story does move forward, but you also need to make sure the campaign is not totally about you and your character. Um, You know, you need to give the other characters space to have their stories happen and um, let those influence what you're doing. Um, if you're going to think about it like my character is the main story. Uh, um, but really, the I guess it's Damien was driving the main plot, but the story was really about the group of four PCs. It wasn't about Damien or what he was doing. It was about what everyone was doing together. Uh, and then a quick note from Nick. Uh, Damien is right. He is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Um, all right. Uh, Covert. Um, Nick says, I love the junk trading aspect of Atomic Highway. Is that something fleshed out in the source material or did you put most of it together yourself? Actually, it is in the source material. Uh, there's no currency. It's all trade. And I think we actually discussed the bartering aspect in the words of GM in episode two. On one hand, it's a little easier because, you know, you don't have to track money or anything. I don't have to give out, you know, oh, you found a chest of gold. But on the other hand, I do have to determine the value uh, to this specific NPC and what the players have and trying to work with the players. And in any other game, I might, you know, hey, you're out of luck. Go find this. And then they have to go find it. And that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story arc. So they can get what they want. It was a little harder to do that 
with the time constraints on the podcast because I kind of wanted to get the story moving along. But it's it's great for home games, and it, it can lead to interesting stories. Yeah, basically, so it's a, a a built in hook machine is what it is. If if you want to play it that way, um, cool. Uh, he has another question for you, Covert. Um, do you think Atomic Highway does anything better than other systems? Um, and on the flip side, if you could bring in a mechanic from another RPG to improve the Atomic Highway system, what would it be? That's a good question. Uh, I think the vehicle combat rules, which we didn't actually do a whole lot of, uh, unfortunately, are amazing. Uh, I wish we got to explore those a little more. Uh, so I think they did that the best out of anything in the system. And as reporting something else, well, one of the things I did during the game was actually raise the difficulty thresholds a little bit because everybody was really good at what they did. So everybody would just basically automatically succeed. The whole point of rolling dice is to see if you do succeed. Well, they basically automatically did every time. And it's interesting when players fail occasionally. So uh, one thing I did was actually raise the difficulty threshold. Uh, and the last question from Post Game Chatter uh, also comes from Nick, and it is for everyone. How long do you, the players, think you'd last after an apocalypse? And how do you think other PCs you've played from other systems would fare in Atomic Highway? <laughs> so let's go with the first one first. Um, how long do you uh, think that you'd last after an apocalypse? Keyword being after. You have survived the Great Fire. <laughs> I, I think in a world based around uh, scarcity and scavenging, as much as I would like to think I would survive, I probably wouldn't. I have a lot of allergies. I have asthma. <laughs> uh, there's just there's a lot of things that are needed to keep me alive on a daily basis. And I think that uh, once that shit runs out or... We can only eat nuts for sustenance. I'm a goner. <laughs> yeah, uh, terrible. Just, just awful. I, I'm, not, I'm a no good shot. Uh, like, I'm, I'm okay in a fight maybe, but the only way I survive is like I have a friend who I think would be like really good in that kind of scenario. And if he also lives, and I can like meet up with him and like, like indenture myself to him, <laughs> we're great. Um, I think in terms of survival skill set, Damien and I are quite similar. And I think if uh, if Damien had not had the kayak of freedom or Twitch or hadn't had the good luck to run into a bus that saves people's lives, he would have died immediately. And I would have done the same. I feel like if I could find a group of people to stick around with, I might be OK. On my own, I would probably die. I have flat feet, I'm <laughs> nearsighted. Like, I'm a decent shot, but uh, general survival skills just aren't there. I, I scavenge for food at fast food places at Quick Trip. <laughs> like, that's, I haven't had a lot of survival experience. Uh, maybe I'm just delusional, but I think I'd be fine. <laughs> uh, I'm adorable. So everyone loves me. So they take me in. Uh, I'm pretty smart. And um, I went to summer camp and learned how to, like, start a fire, chop wood, shoot guns, shoot bows and arrows. Like, I took, like, martial arts knife fighting. <laughs> like, I feel like I'd be okay. 
The only thing is, is I would have to move west of the Rockies or to another continent because I'm very allergic to poison ivy. <laughs> so I just have to stay on the roads until then. <laughs> but even then, I have like a traveler's pack now that I could probably fill with stuff to get me at least to like somewhere. There I think you, I'd be okay. Yeah. There you have it, folks. If uh, the world ends, Addy is your essential NPC. <laughs> And uh, how do you think the other PCs you've played from other systems would fare an atomic highway? Uh, Boomer would be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> he can shoot things. He's a hell of a fighter. I imagine he can figure out how to scavenge for food. And Barnabas Gunsby. <laughs> yeah, Barnabas Gunsby is designed for that kind of situation. Yeah, he's, he's seen Barnabas does that stuff <laughs> for fun. So he'd be just fine. Mouse would have some trouble. <laughs> uh, but uh, she could make it into an enclave. She could keep it running for a really long time. But uh, other than that, she'd have some real trouble. Talia would probably become queen of the world, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, master tinkerer. Master tinkerer who's got that, like, command presence and cannot be hit. <laughs> she would be fine. So, like, in a post-apocalyptic setting where magic still exists for Oberon, I think he might be okay. <laughs> Uh, because he is, he is pretty good at magic. Um, beyond that, he, I mean, I guess the only saving grace for Oberon is that he's usually with Kreflin and then he's totally fine. <laughs> um, Andalith Dorovin, I, I would say might be okay because of the, uh, Nihiloth battle rage. Like that would just make it so he's effectively unkillable and can like murder anyone who tries to like take his stuff. But ultimately, I don't think Andalith would want to live in that world. I think really early into it, he'd probably like try to sacrifice himself heroically to save people that he cares about. <laughs> uh, Darren retreats into the wilderness and like lives on his own, grows an elf beard. <laughs> uh, he's sad the cities are gone, but he'll be fine. And uh, Tudge digs a hole and becomes an underground warlord. Yeah, like, Tudge <laughs> lives forever and... Uh, he he becomes the the under king, <laughs> like Talia above, touch below. <laughs> uh, I guess Kohansky's only only played. Well, is there is there a, a character you can give us a short uh, like intro to that might have uh, either died horrifically or uh, survived wonderfully or middlingly? I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's a character I played for one. Uh, for a D&D setting, his name is Waffles. He's like a thousand-year-old elf, and his whole deal is he thinks that money is the root of all evil, so he wants to steal all of it and destroy it. And I think he would he would survive pretty well. He's a good thief. He would be great at collecting a lot of things uh, as long as no one found him. Because if <laughs> anyone found him, <laughs> they would kill him immediately. <laughs> Uh, so that's it for post-game chatter. There we have it. Thank you guys for sending in your questions. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this series, and we look forward to uh, seeing you in 7C in a couple of weeks. Uh, keep an eye out for uh, character art, and um, yeah, see you in the new year. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye-bye. 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 Well, bye. See you later. <laughs> I'm sure you'll miss me. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or specifically approved by Colin Chapman or Radioactive Ape Designs. 
Atomic Highway is property of Radioactive Ape Designs. For more information, search Atomic Highway on www.drivethroughrpg.com.